good morning, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us here for worship at First Baptist Church in Rock Hill. I'm Pastor Steve Hogg. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving with your family and friends and are excited about worshiping Jesus this morning. Brother Chris Howe, our pastor to college and high school students, is going to be preaching. And as you know, for the last two weeks, I preached a sermon series on today's culture and our place in it. Well, Chris is sort of following up on that and is going to help you understand that you have within you what you need to live as a follower of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is in you and he is greater than anything you face in this world. You're going to be challenged but encouraged by the truth of what he's going to share with you from God's word. So after I pray, you go ahead and make sure you've got your Bible and you're ready to hear from God as Brother Chris preaches. Father in heaven, thank you for everyone who is worshiping Jesus with us. Uh, whether they're watching on television or YouTube or, or any other platform, Father, I thank you for each and every one of them. We thank you for our family, for our friends, for the time we had this week to be together and give thanks to you for your many blessings and just to hang out with one another and love each, love on each other. But we also thank you that right now, today, this morning, Lord, we have the opportunity of worshiping Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. And I thank you for Brother Chris, and I pray that you will anoint the preached word and speak to hearts all over this city, all over this country, wherever anyone is watching or listening to this message right now. God, I pray for that man, that woman, that teenager, that child, that individual, each one, God, I pray right now that you bless them and you speak to them, that you move in their life and in their heart and do good things today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, it's great to be back with you again today. For those of you that uh, maybe have been watching online for uh, the past couple of weeks, you don't know who I am. My name is Chris Howe. I'm the pastor to high school and college student. And uh, Pastor Steve is away this week and uh, has allowed me to fill the pulpit. And I'm super excited about that and humbled by the uh, opportunity. For the past two weeks, Pastor Steve's been talking about today's culture. And in doing so, he's been showing us that it wasn't much different in the days of Peter as he's been preaching from First and Second Peter. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 12, Paul says this. He says, we are, and then he uses some key words in there. He says, we are hard-pressed on every side. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are struck down. Today, I want to dive into you uh, with this question. When the culture of today is pressing in on us, what do we do? I mean, there's got to be a reaction when it starts to squeeze, right? And so we're going to try to answer that question today. Do we, do we give up? Do we just throw our hands up and surrender? Do we go whine in the corner uh, somewhere? Do, do we cower down to the pressure and let it squeeze us into something that we're not? Well, I would say this, you can if you like, but I will not. I, I believe there's a different answer for us in that. So if you have a few minutes today, and uh, I'm assuming you do, because if you didn't, you wouldn't be here watching this, uh, then, then I'd like to share a story with you if I could. In April of 1963, two U.S. naval vessels set out from Cape Cod to run maneuvers or drills, if you would. They were operating about 220 miles off the coast, and these two vessels were the USS Thresher, which was the first nuclear attack sub in the Navy's fleet. And the second was a submarine rescue ship that was the USS Skylark. 
As they began the, the drills, the thresher dove to a minimum test depth and, and, and performed some maneuvers, some basic maneuvers. Then they decided to stay there overnight. On April 10th, the next day, the thresher began to circle beneath the Skylark, stopping every 100 feet to check the hull and system integrity as it was making its descent to a maximum test depth. As she neared a test depth, the USS Skylark received a garbled communication message stating that the thresher was experiencing minor problems. Five minutes later, the Skylark picked up multiple pings on its sonar, indicating that the thresher had imploded and broke into many parts killing all 129 souls on board. In the 1980s, the United States Navy uh, commissioned a team with an ROS, a, a remote-operated submarine, to go and take a look at the USS Thresher on the bottom of the floor. As they were down examining the wreckage, they noticed something very fishy, and I mean that in a literal sense. They found the submarine wreckage was a haven for very small, what seemed to be delicate fish. The thresher had sunk to 2,400 feet, and that was 400 feet past its cap capability. If a submarine made with steel in today's technology had imploded at 2,400 feet, then how in the world were these fragile little fish able to be swimming around the wreckage at such depth? As they come back up, they, stand to, they began to consult with scientists, and here's what the researchers found out, that these fish were born with the pressure inside of them that was equal to or greater than the pressure at that depth. If you brought these same fish to the surface, instead of imploding, they would explode because of the lack of pressure. See, the pressure inside the submarine was not equal to or greater than the pressure at the ocean depth was applying on it. So for you and I today, if the pressure that the world, today's culture, as Pastor Steve has been talking about, is applying to us is not greater than or equal to what's inside of us, we too will implode. First John 4, 4 says this, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you want Chris's paraphrase on this, it's greater is the pressure in us than the pressure that is in the world or what the world is applying to us. But see, that's a conditional statement. If we are believers, then yes, the pressure inside of us is greater than or equal to. Or if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the pressure inside of us is greater than or equal to. But the question today becomes, who is the Holy Spirit? This is the threefold nature of the Trinitarian monotheistic theology that the evangelical church, the Southern Baptists, hold tight to. 1 John 4, 13 through 15 says this, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us the Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. John describes in this passage that we're not only in God, but that he is in us, referring to the Holy Spirit. John 14, 9 and 16 says this, He who has seen me has seen the Father, and I will pray, that the Father, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. 
So some wrestle with the Trinity and what exactly is the Trinity. Many teachers and even some preachers struggle with how to explain it. Maybe you've heard it said that uh, if you take water in the form of water versus ice versus steam, uh, that's like the Trinity because it's water but just exists in three different states. But here's what I would attest to you that that is not a correct assumption of what the Trinity is. Here's what we know for a fact. It is impossible to understand God's plan of salvation for us without an acceptance of the Trinity. The Father offers salvation, the Son secures our salvation, and the Holy Spirit applies salvation. So some things we need to understand today about the Holy Spirit, if you would just give me a few minutes. One, the Holy Spirit is not like the spirit of man. See, man is both physical and psychical being. In other words, he is both material and immaterial. Jesus distinguished between the body and the soul of man in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, when he said, do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. In this life, the immaterial self is inseparably related to the material body. What affects one affects the other. At death, the spirit self separates itself from the materialistic body, the lifeless body, if you will. Those that are believers go to be with Christ. And listen, some of you are not going to like this next phrase, but it's truth because it comes from God's word. Those that have not accepted go to hell and wait a final judgment. The spirit of God, though, is not like the spirit of man. Paul clearly makes this distinction in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, when he says, For what man knows the things of man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Note it does not say in that second part, which is in him. See, they're not the same. The second thing that we need to understand today is that the Holy Spirit is not a physical being. Jesus taught that God is spirit in essence. In John chapter four, verse 24, he says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The apostle Paul affirmed this in first Timothy 1:17, that God is both immortal and invisible. So we have said that the Holy Spirit is neither like the spirit of man nor is he a physical being. We do not know that the Holy we do know that the Holy Spirit is a true divine person, equal in personhood to God the Father and to God the Son. See, the Holy Spirit has the qualities of a person. L listen to just a few of them. He thinks. Paul says, "Now he who searches the hearts, God the Father, knows what the mind of the Spirit is." See that the Holy Spirit thinks, but he also feels. Paul again says, "Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So he thinks, he feels, but he also decides. Speaking of spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he will. See, he's, the Holy Spirit decides which spiritual gifts that you and I as a believer get. So he also decides. So the Holy Spirit has the qualities of a person, but he also acts like a person. We see that the Holy Spirit guides he convicts, he works. Not only does he do those things, but he also prays, he searches, he forbids, he speaks. And one of the ones that I love the most is that he loves. So let's make this practical today with the information and the knowledge that I've already shared with you. We need to understand this, that as a believer, we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Peter speaking in Acts chapter 11 says this, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us in the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, 
John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Christ guaranteed it, but then Peter declared it. But it doesn't just stop there in God's word because Paul defines it. He says that baptism in the Holy Spirit identifies every believer with Jesus Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Every believer in Christ, every believer is in Christ, and Christ is in every believer. Because Christ is in us, we have a positional oneness with him. Meaning just as sin and death have dominion over him, it also has no dominion over us as believers. Those that have not accepted Christ as personal Savior have a positional oneness with Adam, meaning that you're positionally condemned by the sin in your life. So for you and I today, we we have to make that decision. Do we want to have a positional oneness with Christ where we get to experience grace and salvation and forgiveness of our sins? Or do we want a positional oneness with Adam where we're condemned by the sin in our lives? So if we have a oneness with Christ, we are justified. Justified is a word that means just as if I had never sinned. Should we continue to practice or live in sin in our lives? Absolutely not. Paul says this, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Lastly today, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit are two separate divine works. One baptism of the Holy Spirit is a once and for all operation. In other words, whereas the feeling is a continuous process. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. This is present tense, indicating an experience that can be repeated. The disciples were repeatedly filled with the Holy Spirit. We see this in Acts chapter 2, verse 4. We see it in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. We see it in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Some would relate this feeling of the Holy Spirit to be a Pentecostal thing. You know, they rip off their jacket, they run around the sanctuary, they lift their hands and sing the hallelujahs, they fall flat on their face in worship and in prayer. See, these kind of things, they're they're a bit scary. Matter of fact, I, I would say they're a bit frightful to the Southern Baptist Church. Some of you would probably love to have the freedom to feel like that you could do that at times, though, where you could raise your hands and and worship an almighty God like we saw people doing uh, in worship day after day after day. Some of you feel like you you wished you'd had the, the freedom in the middle of a church setting that you could do like maybe you do in your living room where you fall flat on your face because you're in such awe of who God is and what he's done in your life. But I would say this. What's wrong with that? What, what, what's, what, what's wrong with being surrounded by believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit enough to have the freedom to worship like that? I would rather be surrounded by people who are filled with the Holy Spirit than be surrounded by people who are filled with the world. And you might say, well, Chris, why? Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, if we're not filled with the Holy Spirit, creating that pressure inside of us that's greater than what today's culture is pressing in on us, then we're going to implode. We see it time after time after time as, as things happen, as, as, as we see events unfold, the pressure from the world starts squeezing in on people and a lot of times, unfortunately, believers. Yet they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, so the pressure inside of them is not equal to and then all of a sudden things start to collapse and implode and it feels like the world is caving in around them. So today I want to ask you this question. 
What does your pressure gauge read? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? If yes, how do you know? I mean, can you tell? Can others tell? More importantly, can Christ tell? See, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, it's either one of two reasons. You're not connected to the Father, meaning you're not staying deep into that relationship, staying deep into his word, experiencing him in worship, allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you. Or two, maybe you've never really accepted Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to do that today. Pray with me. Father God, we love you and thank you for the day. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to spend a little bit of time in your word. God, I am thankful for the Holy Spirit. God, I am thankful for the work of the Holy Spirit. I am thankful that he moves in and through us and, and leads and guides and decides and fills and loves and all of these things. And that I am thankful that because of the Holy Spirit, we're able to stand and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And God, my prayer today is that if someone does not know you, God, they don't have the Holy Spirit because they have never confessed their sins and accepted you as personal Savior, that today they would do that. Just right there, wherever they're at, they would bow their head and say, God, I want that today. Forgive me of my sins. I make you Lord of my life, and I want to live for you. But God, there are also those today that maybe would say, I just don't feel filled with the Holy Spirit. God, they got to evaluate what's going on in their lives and ask why. The connection somewhere is lost. And God, I pray today that that connection would get reconnected. God, that they would feel the filling of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And it would change them, not for the moment, but for eternity. Lord, again, we just thank you for who you are. We love you and say these things in your precious and holy name. Amen.